Congratulations. Congratulations. You're listening to Congratulations Pine Tree, the base number one arts and culture podcast with me, Kate Rhodes. And me, Maysoon Wazwaz. Okay, Maysoon, we're once again separated. I know, we just couldn't pull together this week. It's okay. We'll do it again soon. Are you going to come over here to the East Bay? No, never. Maybe while I'm babysitting this car. Car sitting, that is. Okay, Mason, we put it out to the listeners to give us uh, some stuff to talk about. We crowdsourced all our labor. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for helping us. <laughs> Mason, we got a couple topics to talk about from friend and fan of the show, Astria. Yay. Here's one because of all the January 6th trial stuff, all the hearings. Okay, what about art collectors like the Trumps? What should artists do when they're asked to sell their work to people like that? Uh, I I think they need to make their own decision if they want to sell to people like that. Okay, but would you be mad at them? As an artist, I always am just trying not to get me soon to be mad at me. <laughs> so who... I mean, I feel like it's not that far off from like the Facebook conversation, right? Well, who all, what's the line for you, like, if fucking Benjamin Netanyahu (laughs) wanted to buy my work, that's a hard no, I would be really so upset with you, yeah. Right? That would be pretty much unforgivable, right? Kind of, yeah. I mean, Trump is pretty unforgivable, too, but I feel like so many of our politicians would be unforgivable. Okay, so no politicians at all? I think probably no politicians, unless you personally agree with their politics. And their okay. actual policymaking. Okay. What about if um, if it's somebody I don't agree with and think is evil and bad, mm-hmm. I get as much money as possible? Well, this is the thing about art, though, is then they can sell it and make more money than you ever charged them. In fact, that's probably all they really fucking care about. The retail right. value. The resell value. Yes. So I mean, I do appreciate your, your perspective on like, okay, what if I just get as much money as I can and I give that to people who need money? Like, I think that's a really a very Robin Hood notion of you. And I really respect and appreciate that. But I still have a hard time with it. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I and I just feel like sometimes it's honestly not really worth it because it makes you feel so bad. Right. And you have to have that forever. I just feel like it also continues this sort of like false narrative of that person just being fucking invincible. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they can literally do whatever they want. No one will stand up to them. No one will say no. They can pay their way through every fucking thing, which is already true. We know it. But it just makes me, I'm like, can someone say no? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you have the opportunities to say no, who literally needs to be said no to, do it. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's worth the money, worth like more than money in some ways. I don't know. That's very idealistic of me. I know. I know. I'm constantly struggling with like reality and idealism. I know. Okay, so number one, I check with Maysoon, <laughs> um, who is very ethical, but also very stern. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you? I don't and know then, about that. <laughs> and then number two, I have to say, as someone who's taken things I knew were unethical and bad to do, and someone who has you know, turn down things that I thought were not good. I have way more regrets about the things I did do than the things I oh. rejected. Okay, well, that's a really interesting perspective. See, that's really good to hear. Yeah. Have you talked to anyone who's felt the opposite? 
I don't know. What do you think, artists? Give us a call. 419-351-6606. You can tweet us at Pine Tree Podcast, or you can email us, congratulationspinetree at gmail.com. And we want to say a huge thank you to our completely morally pure donors, Jim Prosser and Anonymous. (laughs) We will always take your money. (laughs) And all of our donors who've ever given we have really cyber stalked you and we know everything that you've ever done or said do we need to put do we need to publish our list of donors every year just so that we're like really above board (laughs) listeners do you need us (laughs) to do that no we're not above board we're garbage we're garbage come on we're not taken from the trump foundation the trump family foundation i would definitely (laughs) say no to that yeah, for sure. They would never offer. No, no, I know. Okay, Mason. Uh, here's another question from Astria. What do you like or not like seeing on social media from artists and curators? Oh, God. I'm not going to answer that, Astria, because you're going to take this personally. <laughs> no, okay. This is what I'm going to say. I like seeing art. I personally really like seeing art. I don't love, like, constant self-promotion. It just drives me nuts. And I, I get like it. it if it's kind of fun. I get that you have to do it because I don't I don't know why you have to do it. Like who gets anything out of social media in the first place? Like if you're friends with well, the people, you gotta they do it because otherwise know. nobody'll come. You gotta do it to get people to come to your fucking events and shit. But what if it's nothing that people are coming to? It's just And not only that, you not just post it on social media, you have to reach out one on one individually with oh, everyone God. you want to come to the show and make them feel like they have been personally. Well, what invited if it's not an actual and event? You're gonna notice mm-hmm. if you're if they're not there. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it, but I just would say like if you're gonna do self promotion, do it, but maybe think about like peppering it with things that are also more creative and interesting. I don't know. Is that rude? Well, I think it's fine. I think it's fine if you just be fun about it. Yeah, I don't think, it think gets, make mm. a little video. Some people, that's all they make, do. It's not fun. Make a cute I video. I have no interest. <laughs> oh, my word. You um, know what I mean? I think you know, a lot you don't of know people, some people who just like who only self-promote and you're just like, damn, is there anything else going on in the world? Name names. Name some, no. Name some names. No, dude. You know what I'm talking about. No, there's no one. I also personally haven't been on social media for six months, so I'm I don't get to be tortured by it. You can't have social media be a torture chamber of your own making. Unfollow the people that are pissing you off. Well, that's also true. And then follow more pet accounts, odd couple pet <laughs> friendships. You know, my, so my favorite and accounts ducks cuddling. are pet accounts and the um botanicals or like what is it shit the black forager foraging foraging fun yeah i think the the art that i love to see is like art that i'm glad to see (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i think people just follow like friends or acquaintances and then you're seeing them succeed and it makes you feel bad oh no i don't think that's a problem for me that's not a problem Mm, i think that's a problem for people yeah okay well, it's like, just, I want to see good shit. I want to see illustrations of capybaras in a beautiful stream. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Do you, I how many see social media, how many Instagram accounts do you have? Can we, let's. Oh, I can't count all the Instagram accounts. No, are you kidding I me? I have so many fake accounts. Wait, soon. are they? I'm always up to no good. <laughs> oh, I love it. Are they active? You know me. 
Oh, maybe I should okay, do that. Okay, but also kind of curators, I don't know. You better be showing something good. You're already starting on a back foot just being a curator. Oh, <laughs> this. I don't agree with that, actually. No, I do. But if you're showing cool curators stuff. Curators are usually like, promoting like other artists, which I think is Yeah, they're noble. seeing good stuff. Yeah. That's my favorite curator. So yeah, always, that's like, great. Just showing the artists that they really are like, you know, um, yeah. supporting and stuff. I, and that's I love cool. that. You got to mix it up, though. I know that you it's very easy to turn Instagram into your depression hole. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, it can be really intense. It can be really a lot. Okay, so in short, what do we want to see? We want to see finished artworks. I can see process if the process is inter- interesting. But otherwise, I'm like, I just want to see the finished thing. What's what's like, can you name like what you've seen where like, what is a process for you that's not interesting like well i've had artists that i follow where they're showing like every single step of the way of making a piece Mm -hmm. you know and it's and it's and if it's not something where you're like this is when i forged the aluminum and this is when i added the fucking fishnet stockings and you know what i mean like yeah it's like today i purchased (laughs) paint you're like great (laughs) well if it's just like you're making a painting and you're just showing step by step by step you're making the painting like I just want to see the finished painting, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, what if Unless they're doing it in it's an something where you're pulling up tape when artists use tape, oh, yeah. and then you pull up the tape, or it's like something line. satisfying like yeah, that. Okay, I love a satisfaction moment. Okay, so take take note, artists. That's interesting, Kate. <laughs> Mason, we got to be cool, though, because last episode, we were telling people to do drugs. We were talking very explicitly about sex acts. That's okay. We got to get back on the straight and narrow. God, I just have, like, the most ridiculous question that I don't want to ask you, but I can't What? Tell me. Tell me. Kate, edit this out. I was watching this fucking terrible movie. Stupid bullshit. I'm not editing this out. Brainless movie. Okay. And that I don't even... Maybe it was made... It was terrible, but they were talking about, what was it? I don't even know how they, like, um, basically like ass play, how ass play was a thing. It's like everyone, every, oh, yeah, okay. everyone's doing May it. soon I'm not editing this out. <laughs> you have to edit it out. And no. I was like, is ass play a thing that everyone does now? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Yes, it's very popular with Gen Z. Gen Z, okay. They love giving rim jobs. Wow, Okay. I didn't eating know. ass. Eating ass, thank you. Is the hot thing now. And eating each other, eating, yeah, both directions. You know what I mean? Like, not just like, I don't know, whatever. It's fine. What What both directions? I just mean what like. What are the two directions? Both partners eating each other's ass. Not like one only, you know, like, not where there's like a standard where like one person. I don't know. I don't know. See, I literally don't know what Is I'm this, talking are about. Are you getting into heterosexuality again? Because I don't know anything about yeah, that. Yeah, probably. Sorry, Kate. Okay. <laughs> the, the reference was to heterosexual couples and how ass eating is like a thing now. Yeah, everyone's eating everyone's and ass. And I just didn't know that. And I was like, okay, I'm still probably not going to do that, which is fine. You don't have to do it. Mason. I know I'm not going to. But it does, doesn't it? It does. When you hear things about like that, you're kind of like, huh, is that something I could do? Don't well, you? I don't want it done to me because you know that my <laughs> completely off limits. <laughs> I don't even want it to be seen. <laughs> It is not for anyone's. I mean, really? Oh, God. 
It's, so I, I guess am going to bleep all of that. <laughs> you have to please bleep it. But the, and this and this is all in a movie. It was the dumbest worst movie. But they were saying like if there's like those handy wipes in okay. the, in the bathroom, that is like a good to go sign. <laughs> the okay. I'm sorry. I'm okay. Such a wait, Mason. I wanted to say something right off the bat at the top of the episode. What is wrong with us? Oh no. Okay. You have to delete all this. I'll never get hired. <laughs> oh my god, Maysoon! I forgot to mention this, and I'm so sorry. I was going to mention it right at the beginning. Okay, Bits and Little Pieces is a show guest curated by Conrad Guevara at the Buffalo Institute for Contemporary Art in oh. Buffalo, New York. Bika, now remember, Bika. I had a show there back in 2020, and it and it is run by two former Bay Area residents, Nando Alvarez Perez and emily ebba reynolds hmm. okay. and they're out there doing great shows showing a lot of bay area artists out there in the rust belt and so everyone should make their way east <laughs> and this show is up until september 10th and it is and the exhibition includes works by becky brown uh feng tian fan uh laurel potter joseph rayo katherine shriver and charlene tan Oh, sweet. Go Charlene. San Francisco. Cool. Um, it is inspired by inspiration itself or perhaps by boredom itself. It takes as its starting point those things which catch our eyes in the static that make us gasp in the middle of an infinite scroll, whether it's the devotional handicraft of a small sculptural detail, an awkward moment of shared humanity, or a curiously indecipherable composition. The works and bits and little pieces are saved to collection they are the ones that make you think twice before you remove them forever from the pr- prosthetic memory of your camera roll. Wow. <laughs> okay. Also, the Buffalo Institute for Contemporary Art started a free school. Oh, sweet. They're doing all kinds of things out Love there, that. everybody. Look into them. I'll put a link to them in the underworld. Maysoon, did you get out there to the SF Art Book <sighs> Fair? I sure did. I went on Sunday. Oh, okay. Talk about it. I didn't make it. You didn't go? What a jerk. No, I got weird. <clears throat> it's okay. I totally get it. I was weird too, but that's okay. I'm always weird. Um, yes, I went on. I was going to go Saturday, but then I couldn't. So then I went Sunday. I was hell bent on getting there right when they opened because, you know, I was like, I just want to avoid all the people because COVID's trying to come get us again. You know what I mean? I was like, I got to yeah, really bad. get it together here. Um, yeah. So I went on Sunday at 11 and I think... This is a secret. So no one, everyone close your ears right now. But I think Sunday is now the best day to go. (laughs) That's when you can get the good deals. Well, I don't know about the deals, but it just felt like, I feel like in the past I've gone, it's just so fucking crowded. You almost just are want to want to scream and run. You know what I mean? Like, it's just too (laughs) much. It's just too much. Oh my. Um, And this time it was just, it felt pretty good. It was crowded. I mean, definitely got busy. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't unbearable, and it was a great group of a great group of um, a great group of publishers. I didn't actually buy anything because I have I have um, purchase anxiety, which is terrible because I know that I have you know extra income I could be spending definitely. But I just I don't know why I have a really hard time making decisions in situations. I really just spent a lot of time talking to Veronica Graham. There was a zine tent that I feel like you would have really enjoyed. 
out in the back, there was a whole uh, big tent dedicated to zines alone, which was great. Well, there was one table where I picked up a couple of books. It was by a woman uh, illustrator, and the person behind the table warned me that it was violent. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm scared now. I don't know. It was very graphic, sexually graphic. I didn't necessarily find it violent. I don't know. It was, and so I put it down and I picked up another book. It was the same author and they got the same warning. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Oh, there's a lot of sexually graphic content in the SFR book fair. Yeah, I feel like I am not too skittish of that. Um, but so, but it was, it was fine to get the warning, but it also made me feel like what's, I'm picking up all the violent books. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is sort of funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, what does this say about me? But it didn't really read that to me just from the cover. And I didn't really think they were violent in initially or in the first place. Um, was that the weirdest thing? Is that what you were asking me? Yep. That one, that was just sort of a funny and weird experience. Oh, there's this one. I was eaves, eavesdropping on a conversation between a visitor and a, uh, what are they called? Vendor, publisher, visitor and a publisher. Uh-huh. And they were talking about the one, the visitor was saying how he's starting like a Bay Area graphic design kind of group. And I was like weirdly hovering. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I was kind of waiting for him to finish and like walk away so I could be like, hi, I overheard you talking about this graphic design group. (laughs) Because I I feel like at my place of work, we are always looking to bring on new graphic designers and anyhow they were just going on and on and on and on and on and i was like i gotta go bitch (laughs) so then i walked away oh my god (laughs) oh my oh sorry i'm really not doing well today i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i went to the talk that craig calderwood gave the walkthrough of her show at the mills art museum yeah i'm so sorry it was absolutely lovely How's the show? Is it just Craig and Christy in the gallery? In the museum? Yep, it's just those two. I Amazing. highly recommend going and checking it all out. Yeah, good. Um, it was especially illuminating because the residency, as you know, is called Art Process Ideas. Yes. So it had, with Craig's work, there was a bunch of like different process sketches and materials and photos and all this stuff in like a big long vitrine table thing Mm -hmm. and so aside from the artist talking about her work you had all these like supporting materials of what goes into the bigger finished paintings yeah i love that you really should get out there because i think craig's work has i think changed a lot Since Mm -hmm. the last time I saw it, there was a lot of different stuff going on, more kind of sculptural um, things added to the paintings and all kinds of interesting thematic and technical evolutions. Cool. What do you say to that, Mason? I'm fascinated. Is is Craig still working with, you know, the very, uh, with puff paint, I guess is all I can say? Yeah, puff paint, but now also incorporating like regular acrylic paint. Yeah. Oh, cool. Incorporating weird other shit. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see it. We got to get the Autodesk people on making a puff paint dispenser that doesn't give you carpal tunnel syndrome. Oh, gosh, I know. I went to a bunch of shows on Saturday. 
Oh, well, tell me about every single one. In I went to a detail. show that I thought you might appreciate as a lesbian. Oh, fantastic. As a, as a I'm extremely, le- I'm at peak lesbian <laughs> levels right now. Are you? Okay, great. And also yeah. last, our last episode, we were talking about lesbians. I'm um, reading a novel by Eileen Miles. Oh, okay, great. Um, so this show is at Ratio 3, and it's up and up through August 13th. So you still have a number of weeks to get there. But that's uh-huh. there. It's called Barbara Hammer, Women I Love. So the art photographer. Oh yes, oh, yeah. I saw this. Photographer, I saw it. And, you already saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Okay, great. I don't know why I didn't fucking talk about yeah, it. Yeah, what's up with you? Um, so Barbara I'm Hammer is a asshole. photographer. Oh, and there were films. That's right. I didn't. I didn't stay for too too many of the too. I didn't stay long enough to really watch the films that. I did go through all the photography. Wait, did you say that it's called Women I Love? Women I Love, yeah. Okay, go on. Um, but I think the work is primarily from, I want to say the 70s, right? Yep. Yeah, no, they're really sweet, kind of like personal personal photos, you know, of the artist it was and, some freaky and her shit. friends. And what? It was some freaky shit. It wasn't freaky. It was just like 70s. They had a two of their short films, including and, multiple orgasm. Yeah. From 1976 and haircut, haircut from, from 1978. Yeah. And then they had that big, gigantic video way in the back in the absolute pitch dark little yes. black box. I know. I almost like fell over trying to get back there. <laughs> I know. Me too. It was so dark. Um, and the, back there they were showing Women I Love and Super Dyke. It's such a good name. Super. And then also Super Dyke meets Madam X which was a collaboration between Barbara Hammer and Max Almy. Mm-hmm. And it was some 70s ass shit. <laughs> you know it? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't see it. I could go back. We should go back and watch the videos for fun. They were some naked people in the dirt. Lots of naked people. Lots of pubic hair. Lots of bare feet. Lots of references to the vagina. You know. Wait, did you say pubic hair? Pubic hair. Yeah, 1970s pubic hair. 1970s pubic hair. A very special kind of pubic hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's cool. It's the best. So that show, everyone go see that show. Let us know if you have any comments you want to share. And let's see. I also went to the Wattis. The wet, The Wattis. The Wattis has Hervé Guibert. This and more. Um, it's an exhibition of photographs, but then they say it's also an exhibition about what lies behind, beyond the grasp of photography. Um, so the photographs are by French writer, artist, and activist Hervé Guibert. He's best known as a writer working as a critic for Le Monde. And I, I always, just to start off, I actually just always love going to Wattis because their installations are always, they always do something completely different and something massive you know what i mean oh yeah so this was like the space was set up like there was how would you call it like basically like a big plus sign in the room so like one you walk in there's a wall going across the room and another wall like intersecting that wall so it basically creates four four even sized spaces does that make sense yes Okay, and then each wall was lined partially with um, drywall. So, but you know, raw drywall it wasn't it wasn't patched or you know whatever. It wasn't painted over. It was just the drywall itself. 
And they're just a bunch of small, like sort of smallish size portraits, black and white portraits of sort of more intimate interior spaces where there's like a suggestion of a person being there. Um, they were they were sweet photos. I didn't find them like super compelling. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, oh my god, this show's amazing. I, but it, they were night. Nice. If you are a fan of photography, I would say sure, yes, go see this show. Okay, final score. Um, you know, like a six, seven, maybe. Is that rude? Okay, Wattis, I'm not trying to be rude. I love you guys. Well, six or seven? Would you give it a six and a half? Six and a half. Wow, sixty five percent. Is that really bad? Should I go That's higher? Let's go seven. You got to take out the Let's go seven. Let's go seven. I'll give it a seven out of ten. Okay, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Hosfeld Gallery, old time, well, former San Francisco um, resident Andrew Schultz was uh, had a show up, a solo show. So from the press release from the gallery... It says, intertwining his pictographic vocabulary with densely packed, meticulously rendered patterns and using bright, often fluorescent hues, Schultz creates shimmering, optically vibrating paintings on canvas, paper, and the walls of the gallery itself. Moving between representation and abstraction, these hypnotic works are both dizzying and surprisingly meditative allegories that broach questions while suggesting there are no clear answers. There's a really, I took a picture of one of these, one of the pieces is called, we put our best foot forward and hope not to break things, but there's a necessary amount of breaking that must happen, which is like quite a mouthful. And it's kind of like has a bull in a China shop kind of vibe where there's like a red muscular bull with one foot kind of like, um, like kicking up the dirt a little bit. And then there's all these like pots and ceramics and, um, paintings of pots and ceramics sort of floating around the bowl, like it's just sort of charged into. Sounds like a literal bowl in a china shop. Literal bowl in the china shop, it looks like. Um, but his, he just, I just really like all of his patterning and his colors. It's just, it's just pure visual fun kind of to me. Okay. Um, it's really like, there's just a lot of movement and motion and I don't know. I always like to see what he's up to. Plus, it's so much more colorful huh. than his work when he was work when he lived in the lived in San Francisco. It's like really taken. It's really feels really different, but still his signature kind of painting style. Where Andy Schultz at Hossfeld is up through August sixth, so just a, a another week or two to go see that. Two weeks. And your final score for that? I give it a nine. Wow. Well, I'm really gonna give well Wattis a seven. Sorry, God, you got to delete that. Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me? I'm not deleting it. You have to. I'm not deleting it. I want to be totally unhinged. It's just not right. Uh, We were way more unhinged last week. I know, but we weren't talking shit about it. And you didn't give a fuck. We weren't talking shit. I texted you later. I was like, God damn, Mason, we're going to get arrested for that one. (laughs) And you were like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I saw another show. Well, I went to et al., also, because I was right at ratio three, and I was going to pick up, finally pick up, you're going to be so proud of me, um, Bereaved, which is a book by Dodie Bellamy, local writer Dodie, Dodie Bellamy. Oh, yes. I finally got my copy. I'm excited. I'm going to try to start reading it this weekend. But I also noticed in the, the back room, um, the back room, which is where Kate had her installation at, at all in the, in the bookshop, um, uh-huh. an installation called Possessed by Austin English. And these oh, are, yeah. these are all drawings. Do you know him? 
I saw that show. Oh yeah, these are all drawings based on like um based on Dostoevsky's The Possessed. Go see that because it's very intricate. It's you can pretty spend a incredible. Lot of time. <laughs> His yeah. drawing style is like really wild. I really, I enjoy it. I love it. it. And I think they have some of his comics there, too. Oh, okay, yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Go check that out if they still have some left and pick some up. Yeah, pick some up. Um, and that show is up through September 3rd, so you have a lot of time to get to that one. And then I also went to Cushion Works. Oh, my fucking God, Mason. I really tried everywhere. To, I really tried to do an outing. <laughs> I was on my bike. You know how I am when you I'm succeeded. on my bike. I just go everywhere. And they had a they had a show by Leslie Shows, who I think was definitely a Bay Area artist, and then I think moved to LA. Oh, but yeah. maybe no, I know that she was a Bay Area, but I think she's now spending her time between I believe LA and um, Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is Weird. interesting. Um, but her work is, you know, a friend of mine described it as like she's really she's gotten into the public public art realm where she's using these like much more durable materials um that still kind of somehow reflect her painting style and so some of those pieces are up these like smaller almost sculptural paintings um which were just interesting to see um interesting to see how artists are translating or just like shifting their work depending on where what they're kind of doing what they've been doing lately okay but may soon yeah sfai sfai is it's no over longer. Okay, now there's a, still a student group trying to raise money. I'll go ahead and put a link in the underworld. What are they raising think money for? This, Seriously. To bring the school back to life. They're trying to raise $25 million to to get the school going. Okay, again. what happens with the money if they don't make it? You know what I mean? Like, what am I giving my money give to, it, literally? I know. If the, if they can't make the school come back, then they're going to use the money to protect all the archives and things like that. But there's already which a, is a there's good a, that's there's good. already a plan for that though. Yeah, but they could use more money. You know, I mean, if the money goes to Jeff Gunderson, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I straight up give twenty five million dollars to just to Jeff Gunderson. <laughs> I know to Jeff alone and Becky Alexander. Shout out to the whole library crew. And the wild thing is, like, it seemed like some USF people didn't even know that the merger failed. What? What do you mean? <laughs> It seemed like there, the news came out and there were people who maybe should not have been surprised that were. Wow. What did they say in the email? Oh, they say it's been a good run and peace out. They're going to try to start a foundation or a nonprofit or some bullshit. And I'm like, if Mark Kushner gets any more money or anything out of this, that is a total miscarriage of justice. Um, but they, the, no one responsible for this had to have any consequences on them. Mm-hmm. That's how. And I'm looking at you, Charles Demeray. I feel like that's what happens a lot with boards. They like, there's no real like repercussions that happen. You know. Yep. I mean, not that they should be the like fully to like that 100 to blame, but that there should be some kind of like responsibility there. Oh, yeah. Well, they had the responsibility to take care of this 150-year-old institution, and they fucking shit the bed. They said something about, like, having, like, a 
a fund or a, like a few staff that will like manage like the mural and the archive and right the the website or the name. Yeah, that was part of the whole starting a new starting a nonprofit or whatever. Oh, part of the foundation you were talking about. It's still a little foggy what actually is going to happen because the students are saying that the school is going to declare bankruptcy, but then no one's really completely confirmed that. I'll put a link in the underworld also to an article that Sarah Hotchkiss had on KQED Arts about the whole thing. It was a fucking disaster, guys. Let's be real. It was a fucking it is a disaster. trash fire. Yep. And I people mean, need to not be if, going into unbearable amounts of debt. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder, like, what happens if they go, if they file bankruptcy. Like, I wonder what the time frame is. Like, how long you have to wait to try to, like, start up business again. Do you know what I mean? I don't have a clue about any of that. Because my sense, my my understanding is that bankruptcy bankruptcy basically clears you somehow. I don't know. I, I know it's not a good thing, but, right, so you no longer have the debts you had somehow? I don't know how it works. But then it seems like... I don't know anything. Yeah. What do I look like? Susie Orman? <laughs> totally. Susie Orman in the flesh. Anyhow, I am... Um, curious about it although it's also just it's so sad i mean i want to like put more effort into it but i also just know that i can't effort into what i don't know into like being more concerned about its future (laughs) it's like it's been going future there ain't no future it's gone it's dead and gone i know see but that's that's the thing is it yes i know i know i I read all the articles and the emails i know it's dead and gone but then you have this group of students that are still like holding on, you know, it's like, it takes up, I mean, it's, they it could feel the dreams this shit, but I just heart. don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, of all the things, like, oh my God, I don't know if, it, you know, like maybe it's time to let it go. I mean, I, I definitely have had that feeling multiple times over this whole process. <laughs> surprise, surprise. But that feels kind of sad. No, I think it's time to let it go. I don't think some, I think some listeners are going to have a hard time with that. Mm, yeah, I think we got to salt the earth, man. You're probably right. It was not in a good place. It's like a bad marriage. Things were not good. Um, I am going out of town this weekend and I can't fucking wait. Everyone enjoy, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the time. Where are you going home. to? We're just going to go up to Tamales. All right. Well, May soon I'll be waving goodbye to you from the bridge. To Tamales Bay. To the island in between. <laughs> this has been Congratulations, Congratulations Pine, Pine Tree. Tree.